Um, I was speaking to somebody yesterday that wanted to target the aviation sector to reskill aviation engineers to become um, uh, cybersecurity engineers, you know, through 12 week, potential 12 week programs. Um, you know, there's huge innovation and, and, and going to happen in that space because they've, they've de-linked it from, from the regulated qualifications. Today, we're talking to Ben from Firebrand Training, and we're having a look at how the digital boot camps that are soon to be launched and rolled out across the country are working with industry to provide a more nuanced and agile approach to apprenticeships. This is Tech Talks, your twice-weekly technology podcast with myself, David Savage, brought to you by the Harvey Nash Group, where we talk to leaders from across the industry and bring you a bit of technology news. On today's show, I'm joined by Akish and Haley on the back of the worst bank holiday weekend. You know it's bad when even on the radio on like Five Live, which they're normally unbearably perky on, they were talking about how absolutely rubbish the weather was. It was not good, was it? But did you did you do anything nice? What did I do? I played cricket. Got, got, I was going to ask how was yeah. cricket in that in yeah. those conditions. Yeah, it was weekend? cold. It was cold, but it was this yeah first competitive game of the season. Um, so it was good. We lost, but it was, it was good just to be out there and went out for a went out for a Nando's yesterday. And I'll tell you what, it, the, the food was hot when the lady was bringing it over because I saw some steam coming out of it. By the time it touches your table, because it's so cold and windy, mate, you're eating a cold Nando's. So not good, not good. So I saw someone posted um, a video on Twitter of Scottish bank holiday weather, and it was just two pints on a table with hailstones bouncing off the glasses. No, thank you. I, I won't be going out. I don't, I don't think until we're allowed to sit inside. That's the diva in me. Well, 19 degrees next weekend. Is it? Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm talking about. That's what, this yeah. weekend coming up? This weekend coming up, Saturday 19. What, the 8th? The 8th? The, uh, no, what the... Check three. your phones now. I'm literally checking it. Mine says we... 90% rain. Yeah, yeah. what are you on about, mate? I've got 15 and 90% rain. Are you sure, mate? Are you yeah, honestly sure? I checked sure? yesterday. I checked 90. yesterday. No, me and Hales have got the same thing. I'm sorry, mate. I don't know where you're checking. You're probably checking living... Your Southern web is tapped. Yeah. <laughs> you're, check, you're checking the south of France, mate. I don't think you're checking London or... Oh, it's just changed since yesterday. All right, so oh. Friday's, Friday's 15. But look, Sunday 18. Sunday 18. Yeah, yeah. For some reason, that. Saturday's now wet. It was 19 yesterday. Maybe they'll change their minds again. Yeah. Oh, well. Fingers crossed, mate. Let's hope for some better weather, eh? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We're allowed to hug, I think, in a week, aren't we? Oh, yeah. oh. I've, I've been hugging people. Oh, sorry. Oh, okay. You shouldn't be saying that on, 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 on such a well-listened to podcast. Yeah, sorry. Uh, I've not been hugging been, people. I've been fist pumping. Fist pumping. He's been yeah. French kissing loads of people. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway, on to today's show. Ben is MD for Apprenticeships at Firebrand Training. We'll hand over to this interview and then we'll come back with some commentary afterwards. So today I'm joined by Ben Hansford. Ben, you're the Managing Director uh, for Apprenticeships, right, at Firebrand Training. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Busy, but good. Yeah, it's, um, <laughs> yeah, there are lots of projects keeping me out of trouble. So. I imagine this is a busy time, right? Uh, there's a huge amount of people, I suppose. Actually, before I, before I just suppose a whole load of stuff, yeah. why don't you start by telling us, what it is specifically that you do and what Firebrand do. Okay. 
Um, uh, in a nutshell, uh, I might grow grow it to a coconut shell. But um, so Firebrand, we're 20 years old this year. We, we're going to have a party when we can. Um, yep. uh, but um, yeah, we're 20 years old this year. Very much born and bred on IT and digital commercial training um, to businesses across Europe. Um, we're in Germany, Benelux, Nordics, um, and, and the UK. Uh, six years ago, we set up an apprenticeship business to kind of use our digital skills garnered commercially to train apprentices using um, the apprenticeship levy and supporting businesses with their their careers development and pipeline um, uh, plans and uh, that's been very successful and uh, more recently we've been starting to pick up other areas of government funding as well so as you can imagine and you alluded to there's other projects um, you know, uh, that we're working on and as you've seen probably and most of your, your listeners would have heard over the last um, six to nine months loads of initiatives coming out from the government to kind of reskill, upskill um, various sectors and what have you so yeah so it's been a really busy time A trying to stay across all of that and understand what initiatives are coming out but B working out which ones are right for, for the sector that we work in but, uh, but yeah it's been busy times so for all around yeah, well, look, that that doesn't alter my assumption that I was going to make, which is, of course, with the pandemic, I imagine that there are a huge amount of people, not just young people coming out of education, looking for work and finding that there are perhaps fewer opportunities available to them in whatever career it might have been that they thought it they were going to go down. And then there'll be there will have been a lot of people who've lost their jobs due to the pandemic and redundancies and furloughs that, that they were never on furlough from. But getting those people into technology isn't always the easiest transition, right? No, no, it's not. Um, it's a hard sector. You know, <laughs> the tech sector is a hard sector, um, and you know we work closely with our clients to understand their needs, and you know, and whether or not an apprenticeship is right for their needs, or whether or not there's other other training um, that's right for their needs. You know, some employers need people up to speed really quickly. They need the the cyber intrusion analysts. They need the cyber. They need the software developers to hit the ground running. They haven't got the time to train people um, from, you know, you know, wet behind the ears, new to the sector, don't know anything. Maybe come out of hospitality or retail, or you know, they haven't got the time to train them up and wait maybe kind of fifteen, eighteen mm. months to, to for them to hit the ground running. Other clients do have the time and it's part of wider early careers pipelines talent development uh, initiatives you know they've got long-standing apprenticeship programs um or, or graduate programs that that feed in and you know feed into kind of that those higher level skills um so yeah some people haven't got the time some people do have the time um and it is a hard sector so yeah it's it, what it needs is a range of different models to to suit client needs ultimately and well client or the employer the people that are ultimately going to employ these individuals that are looking for work so i recognize a number of those strands of arguments uh, that you were putting forward there from conversations that i've had with tech companies over the years and certainly kind of when you're thinking about high growth sectors they they often say well we don't have time to hide handhold people even though we need we need people but we can't handhold people um what's the landscape looking like for an apprentice right now because on the one hand i suppose with remote and hybrid working it's opened up organizations to a bigger talent pool and overseas workers perhaps that could fill that short-term need but perhaps at the same time companies are they maybe aren't so quite quite so flush with cash and maybe they're, they're thinking about apprentices and so on because it's a more cost-effective solution and they are 
being slightly more organic about their their growth and how they might do things? Yeah, um, we're seeing more interest, certainly. Um, whether or not that is because the government have increased the incentive to employers. So there's now up to £4,000 cash available to employers that are going to take on an apprentice. So, you know, in terms of you know, throwing money at the problem, you know, the government is certainly doing that at the moment. Um, in terms of what the landscape looks like, yeah, it, we're finding it very competitive. Um, you know, we're seeing more and more applicants for every single apprenticeship vacancy, um, as you, you would guess. So, you know, we're certainly not enough opportunities out there to satisfy all the people that would like to be an apprentice in the digital and IT sector. Um, and we're also seeing you know, more and more employers kind of adding to their apprenticeship programs with other initiatives to kind of get try and get people in quicker. Um, uh, yeah, it, it's a real mix. But you know, as a sector, you know, is it fair to compare the likes of IBM with a, a small you know, startup and, and, and their skills needs? They're all recruiting and they're potentially all recruiting from the same pool. Um, yeah, and it's, it, it, you know, I think we were looking the other day, I think Microsoft are looking at over 3,000 applicants for each of their apprenticeship vacancies. You know, it's, you know, it's hugely, hugely competitive. Um, and it's, it's tough. It's tough for the, you know, for want, people who want to get a foot in, in the door. So. So what kind of people are typically coming to you and looking at apprenticeships? Um, for apprenticeships, we are, um, yeah. School leavers, um, yeah, we're taking on a large amount of school leavers. Um, we're taking on more and more graduates are looking to get onto an apprenticeship um, to get a foot into the door with a, a potentially a blue chip client. So you know a lot of these. Um, so what you find that a lot of the blue chip uh, digital IT organisations have graduate schemes. They have a school mm-hmm. leave scheme. They have an apprenticeship scheme. They have a range of entry routes into their business. Quite rightly so. They have returners, you know, initiatives around women in tech, initiatives around diversity in tech, you know, apprenticeships and boot camps and the like can address a lot of those issues and they use them hand in hand. Um, but, you know, we're seeing more and more graduates, maybe one year, two year out of university, looping back around, maybe did a degree in, you know, a non-digital IT subject or a non-STEM subject and coming back around saying, actually, I'm going to get, get a foot in the door in these businesses and go on to an apprenticeship program. So it's quite an interesting development. So. And when they come to you and they go, thinking about technology, I mean, how, how does this work? They're thinking about technology, but they don't know. Is it, is it, is it more specific than that? Is it, I want to be an engineer, I want to be a software developer, I want to be, you know. <laughs> how, much, how much knowledge do people have, or is it literally, I, I need a job? Um, well, they have to show an interest to a certain degree. You know? um, so it's, it's the jobs. It's, you know, what are the, so you kind of start with the job really it's it's always the job vacancy and it's an application process for that job and if they're suitable for that job show an interest for that job you know an apprenticeship is a job first and then work-based learning second so yeah you always start with the job role so you know client x might be recruiting 10 software developer apprentices you know the 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 client puts out the applications for 10 software developer apprenticeships but they're going to be software developers there's a job spec, they apply, it's very competitive in terms of the application. You know, most of the applicants we're looking for, you know, need to have shown an interest. You know, they, whilst they're not necessarily kind of technically competent, they need to show an interest or, you know, maybe be bedroom coders or something like that, or, you know, set up their own website or databases or what have you. And, you know, they're look, they, they've got some sort of interest that, that stands them out from the other applicants. Because, of course, if you're the client looking to recruit 10 software developer apprentices, 
you want the best 10 out of 100 applicants, don't you? So, um, so look, so, there is this massive skill shortage across the industry as a whole. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the exact example now, but there, there was one of the Nordic countries, it's either Sweden or Norway, but they they were trying to address it by going into prisons and working with inmates and, and upskilling inmates with digital skills in the hope that when they came out of prison, they would find employment opportunities uh, easier to come by and therefore be able to integrate themselves back into society more quickly. And I thought that was really quite a forward-thinking and different innovative approach to this. How else can the government, you know, is, are, there, are there schemes like that the government are thinking of that are working with organisations like yourself to try and to try and find creative solutions to this particular problem? Yeah, I, I mean, firstly, we do have a prison education programme, not us personally, right. but the UK government does support a, a prison education and there are private companies, private training companies set up that won the contracts to do the retraining and skilling in prisons. That's right. quite generic. Yeah, in terms of yeah, the digital and IT sector that we're talking about today, um, the there are no kind of major kind of campaigns with regards to prisons. You know, saying look, there's a digital skills gap. We need X hundred thousand X hundred thousand people trained in prisons. Right, let's go. You know, it's um, it's part of a wider package. What I do really like um, is the pilots that have just been running um, around digital boot camps. Um, so government-funded pilots around digital boot camps, short programs, uh, you know, 10 to 15 weeks long, um, uh, level three to level five, you know, really flexible training. Um, and you know, we've been running some pilots along with other training providers in Liverpool City region, Manchester, West Midlands, a lot of the devolved authorities. Those pilots um, have just gone out to tender um, for national program of digital boot camps supported by the kind of the national retraining scheme which is another one of these pots of central government money um and they've the government have put 36 million pounds out to tender um for training providers to design um digital boot camps in association with employers and i think what's really exciting about those is in the uk and particularly england um there's what we call a regulated training system and government funding has traditionally been linked to city and guilds awards or Pearson or Oxford and Cambridge qualifications in IT user skills or ICT user skills. This These digital boot camps really opened it up. said, you just put a proposal in as to what you want to include in those digital boot camps. Um, and you know, speak to employers. You have to evidence employer demand. We did a survey of our, all our employers. We're a Microsoft Gold partner. We spoke to Microsoft, said, what do all your partners need? We spoke to all our alumni and all our clients. We designed 10 boot camps and we tended for them. Um, and we should be finding out in the next few weeks. But the beauty of those is that they delinked them from all the old diplomas and certificates and qualifications that usually link government funding to. And yeah, we're including, and all no doubt, all our everyone else who's bid for them are including CompTIA vendor certifications, EC Council, uh, Microsoft vendor certifications. You know, luckily you know, our bid was backed by Microsoft, and um, we put a lot of Microsoft content into our proposals. So it's some really kind of vendor-led, employer-driven bootcamp design that's gone on. It's really opened it up to be innovative. That kind of addresses a lot of clients and employers that say. We need skills faster than an apprenticeship that might be 18 months or 21 months long. Um, and you've got kind of 10, 12-week boot camp programs that take people 
either reskill them or take unemployed people and, and upskill them into a job. And that's exciting. And there's going to be a lot of innovation in that space. Um, you know, um, I was speaking to somebody yesterday that wanted to target the aviation sector to reskill aviation engineers to become um, uh, cybersecurity engineers, you know, through 12 week potential 12 week programs. Um, you know, there's huge innovation and, and, and going to happen in that space because they've, they've de-linked it from from the regulated qualifications which is quite exciting for, for this government and 36 million pounds hopefully see a lot of good good training going on in that space so now look you, you talked earlier about uh, the fact that, that that you know you might look at someone who's kind of a bedroom coder or something along those, those lines or someone who's shown a prior interest which totally makes sense but at the same point in time, I suppose, there are probably a group of people within society who maybe are struggling to find work um, and don't don't even know about the opportunities that are inherently in tech. the digital sector yeah, and tech. Yeah, you're right. It could be brilliant and could be brilliant. Yeah. So how do you reach those people? How do you look at deprived communities where they need the most help and don't even know that this is out there? Yeah. and get them involved yeah i mean it, it's something that we we do not just for our apprenticeships but every every training provider needs to be looking at innovative ways to kind of talking to those communities and talking to those demographics and yeah decoding the language you know yeah what what, what does an it technician do you know it's quite an entry-level job you know it's support desk you know there's hundreds of kind of entry-level roles in the sector that then can put people on a but you know, you, you use the word kind of IT technician or infrastructure technician or support technicians, and people just they switch off, you know. And so, actually, you know, talking to them, going through different media channels. So we we've just run a pilot for boot camps in Liverpool, um, you know, trying to get people onto entry level boot camp roles to take them into first jobs in in the tech sector. And we were looking at really innovative ways of reaching. You know, reaching communities in Liverpool, you know, we've one of the objectives was to kind of increase the the um, the ethnicity of the, uh, the the cohort as well as the female um, uh, participation in the cohort, and you know, we targeted people that were coming out of retail, doing part time job uh, uh, part time jobs in pubs, maybe working kind of um, hand to mouth. We worked some great case studies that come out of it, where you know we've had individuals. That just didn't even know that they could work in this sector. Um, you know, one of we're just working on, on one at the moment, um, on a case study at the moment that um, has set up his own business. <laughs> just after twelve weeks of being on a boot camp, set up his own business. Just didn't you know, didn't even know that this was something that they could do. So, just how you talk about the sector, because uh, I've been in training and education a long time. I've been in tech. 18 months um, applying kind of the education and training side to tech, the number of acronyms you've got. I thought there were a lot of acronyms in education and, you know, yeah. but speaking you, you, a, a coherent language to somebody that, you know, might be down the pub, how would you describe what you did to, to people down the pub effectively? Um, you know, and it's, so, you know, could you, you know, offer a service whilst, you know, kind of linking to individual um yeah, bringing in specialist support where needed. Yeah, you know, can you could you man a help desk? Of course you could. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of frontline, you know, IT technical sales. You know, it's one of the biggest growing areas at the moment where you know, people, yeah, you know, it's a sales job. 
you know, you can learn the tech side of it, but it's a sales job. There's lots of sales jobs that have kind of, you know, been made redundant over the last kind of 12 months. So it's those transferable skills. I'm not condoning billboards with ballet dancers, training ballet dancers to go, to go into <laughs> cybersecurity. But, you know, just being real about it, you know, well, what does that mean? And is there a different way I can write that job advert? Or is there a different way I can write, you know, or is there a different media that I can I can put this through? And you touched there upon different channels. How, how do you reach these people? I mean, how do you even get them to be aware that Firebrand training exists? I mean, if you're talking about school leavers, are you having to utilize things like TikTok or, or Snapchat? If you're talking about people who may be, be made redundant, is it is it Instagram? Is it Twitter? How, how do you actually physically? We do, we do, you know, we do it so much through social um, now. You know, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, um, uh, you know, uh, Instagram. Uh, we haven't ventured onto TikTok yet. Um, for our advertising but you know we drive through kind of you know um, most of the social media channels and we drive people to kind of uh, virtual information days you know so you know, like yeah, you used to have an informa- information day or an information session um, you know you'd go to school hall or you go to a conference center and you'd hear all about a range of opportunities we do those virtually now so we just drive yeah. people to, to an information session and we just lay it all out and say, this is what you could do, this is what you could earn, this, you know, IT technician, actually, that's this is what that means in English, you know, <laughs> um, and just give people loads of chance to ask questions. And, you know, there are no, no stupid questions when it comes to kind of talking about these things. And you know, it's, yeah, but it's, um, it's, I don't think it's rocket science, but it's just, just understanding that it is a difficult, it can be a difficult sector to understand um, the terminology, the technologies involved. Um, it can be quite a daunting cent- uh, sector as well. Um, to, yeah, but it's there's so many transferable skills that people can bring from other sectors. So, so look, it, it was important work before the pandemic. It's even more important now. If someone is either looking to break into the industry or they are working at an organization who's thinking, actually, maybe apprentices will help us out. What's the best way for them to find out a little bit more? So if they're looking for an apprenticeship, the number one place to start is the National Apprenticeship Service website. It's a government-run website. Every training provider and employer that's recruiting apprentices um, should be advertising on the National Apprenticeship Service website. Um, That's the number one place. It's completely kind of... Um, uh, you know, impartial, and there's you know there's plenty of information on there with regards to kind of the quality of training providers, and um, there's other kind of kind of pop up services like Rate My Apprenticeship um, and things like that that you, people go on and kind of peer review and self review what it was like to do an apprenticeship at IBM or what it was like to do an apprenticeship at Barclays or, or wherever it might be. Um, so the, there's other websites, but yeah, the government website that kind of hosts all the vacancies that people can apply for um, is there. And you know, even the likes of ourselves at Firebrand, we post all our vacancies on there. Um, uh, I think it's a contractual requirement that all providers have to post their vacancies on the government website, which makes sense as a one-stop shop for, for all the apprentices to apply to. Um other opportunities around kind of boot camps, um, you know, it'd be watch, look out in your local social media channels <laughs> uh, for opportunities that arise. Um, as and when the kind of the national tenders for boot camps uh, are released, you, know, you will see a, an absolute surge in all sorts of weird and wonderful boot camps that have been designed ultimately to help people get into jobs um, or upskill people in work into um, into digital roles within their employers. So, um, and that, that won't be too long now, but the national boot camp, um, national digital boot camps are launched. So. 
Well, look, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you today, Ben. Um, I appreciate you very busy. So very much appreciate you giving up some time to chat to us today. And I, I hope it continues to go well over the coming months. Uh, no, thank you very much for having me. And uh, thank you for all your listeners. First of all, um, headline figure, one place for every 3,000 applicants at Microsoft uh, tells you everything you need to know about the state of, of the market when it comes to supply and demand right now. That That is crazy. So many people. But also, Microsoft have been massive. But I think I'd like to see what these figures looked like about five, six years ago, to be honest. Um, obviously, um, unemployment's gone through the roof. There's a lot of people that have had a long time in the last kind of year or so in lockdowns in various countries to, to, I guess, have a rethink on their career. But, yeah, one in three and a half thousand people. I mean, what's your chances? Like, It's crazy, yeah. isn't it? I mean, it just tells you, like, in the tech industry, we have these crazy uh, skill shortages, crying out for people. No one's got the skills to come in and do X, Y, Z, numbers, num- numerous different jobs. But at the same time, there are literally thousands of people who would jump at the chance, jump to be given a chance um, if offered one. And it's just, it's a broken, it's it's... Yeah, not to get too negative, but it, it's it's fairly depressing. It is. I was just about to say, and the thing is, like those three thousand people won't even just be people who are un- unemployed. There'll be people who are employed, kind of like looking for opportunities, and that's harder for the people who are unemployed because if you've been working, you know, in a current role and you've been in a, another huge tech company, and you've literally you're looking for that next step as well they're going to be really like appealing to the employer so I feel like it's a big part to do with the company itself being fair you know mm-hmm. um and making sure like everyone is screened properly because that is a reality at the end of the day it's not just going to be unemployed people and it's it's going to be really it's really competitive I think it's tricky isn't it because it could be so easy to point the finger at employers and go you're not being open-minded you know yeah. we want people who can hit the ground running we don't have time to hold hands but we do want these really difficult to find skills like it kind of paints the picture that they're uncompromising that they're unrealistic that there are options out there but they're just not being open-minded and that's unfair because a lot of these organizations have limited resources and are going through growth exactly. uh, and as ben alludes to it's almost like these, you know, the, the the companies with really strong apprenticeship schemes out there. They've they've been in place for a long time. They've had time to mature. It's not something that you can just put in place overnight and expect to succeed. Um, but the the flip side is that there hasn't been enough to 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 this point where industry has been worked with, and it's really really kind of positive to hear that there are these digital boot camps where there is more of an opportunity for companies like Firebrand to work with industry to tailor something that actually meets the needs of business. Yeah, I think it's important for that, like to actually find out what the needs are and to get it done. Because I think when, especially when the apprenticeship levy kind of became quite um, quite a big thing a couple of years ago, you had a lot of organizations kind of jump on and say, oh, we're going to, you know, start apprenticeship schemes and we're offering apprenticeships and, you know, these sorts of things and made it quite attractive. However, I think you touched upon that a moment ago where you said, you know, you can't just put these in. When you actually bring on an apprentice, you need to have a pathway or some sort of a a guide in terms of saying, right, this is where you are, point A, this is where you will be in 
two, three months, six months, nine months, that sort of thing. And I think you had a lot of people obviously um, take full advantage of the kind of government scheme and the budgets and, 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 and the kind of, you know, funding, but not exactly implement it well. And then you kind of think about it, you think, well, you've not really done it, you know, um, any justice. And also these people that have come in are, are probably taking, you know, a, a chance or a role at the dice and, and want to pursue a passion. And if it doesn't come off, then I think, I think the organisations are probably, you know, to blame a little bit. I don't, I don't know what you think about that. I didn't even really, before we started this podcast, before we started recording, my question to you was like, can you get an apprenticeship for like all ages? Because I mean, I might be coming across as a really stupid recruiter right now because I don't know this, but I just genuinely thought that, I mean, it is the large majority of like grad school leavers and things like that, but you don't really hear about opportunities for people like upskilling apprenticeships. Do you? I think you're beginning to. I think you're beginning to realise that, you know, especially where it comes to a diverse workforce of yeah. return to work mothers and so on, there is a yeah. huge un, huge cohort there of, of untapped potential. Um, again, though, that's not just... Go on. Awareness is the, is uh, yeah. the thing, though. Awareness, and I think the image of apprenticeships is changing. I think for a long mm. time, or especially me growing up, you always saw the apprentice was like the, the 16-year-old kid that just kind of finished school, who'd turn up in like a suit which is too big for him, fresh <laughs> white shirt, you know, still had the lines in there and, and was kind of making teas for everyone, right? And and, and yeah. that was, you know, the, the image of, of an apprentice that, you know, you kind of come around, you, you do the stuff that no one really wants to do and you kind of learn it. Whereas I think there are still industries like the trade industry, for example, or, you know, if you're on a building site in construction, these sorts of things where stuff like that still happens, where you have to come in at a level and then kind of learn your way up. Um but I think the, the image of apprenticeships is now changing, whereas yeah. you can be part of a, a, a leading technology firm. You can be, you know, part of a startup, be on an apprentice or, or be, be an apprentice and, and actually learn your trade. But and I think like like you mentioned in the interview, it's more about the work and the passion for the work comes first and then it's the kind of work based learning, if, if, if that makes sense, which I thought was a, yeah. a very good way of putting it. I think you're entirely right. Like that was the general view of apprenticeships, wasn't it? The kind of slightly wet behind the ear, 16 year old school leaver. Mm. <clears throat> and also, and I'll freely admit to this because I think we can all look back at our 16 and 17 year old selves and go, well, that person was a bit of a twat at times. But um, me and my mates at that age used to make jokes about, you know, people going and, and not doing. GCSEs mm. and A-levels, and it was entirely privileged yeah. and stupid of us, but we were 16 and 17. But it, it was always that kind of, it was somehow seen as, as not as good, which is a lot of rubbish. Mm. But um, it has, it, you do feel that the apprenticeships and so on have, has to slightly overcome that. And, and that probably leads to Haley's question now of, is it open? Is it a, is it a pathway? Like, Akish, you do just, you're right, you have this image of what an apprentice is, and a lot of it is unfair and outdated. And I, I think, to be honest, I, I, th I think it's a great way now to actually get back into it. And I, and I was the same, you know. It, it, and I think when I was 16, it's about 13, 14 years ago now, um, it was almost, you know, called cool to be kind of, you know, stay with your uh, school and, and do GCSEs and, and kind mm. of go to university. Whereas it was actually, it was talked down upon at, at my school. You know, if you went and wanted to do an apprenticeship, it was almost a little bit like you were frowned upon. Um, yeah. 
But I think now, so with, with the way that the, the world is, I think it's, it's a complete 360. I mean, I, I know a few people that are doing their GCSEs and stuff. And, um, you know, I, I know a few guys in that kind of age bracket and, and they are considering, you know, nothing to do with academics, but they just, you know, wanting to have and follow a passion and, and, and learn quicker as compared to kind of take another route round. Um which I think still works, to be honest. And, and sometimes I do wish I was that guy, actually. I didn't go to uni. I, li- I didn't. I never, I never had the desire to. It wasn't really frowned upon like a, um, an apprenticeship, but we weren't just, I weren't told about it. But now I feel like if they're told, people are told about apprenticeships and mm-hmm. the opportunity it can give you and um, working for these big names, like the skills that you would pick up and the, what people would look at your CV and think in the future, they'd be like, oh, they must be all right. They've done this there and that there, you know. Mm. I think like that is such a big thing. And I feel like we just weren't told that. Or you never really understood too much yeah. when you were younger. Like that's not what's in your kind of yeah. what I think yeah. now is just not the kind of thing I would be thinking then. But I guess it's just like we just mentioned again, like it's just about knowing and being aware of what what where it can take you. And there you go, right? So there's a point. So Haley's a woman. Right. And and we hear about it all the time, right? We're not getting kind of females and gender diversity, that sort of thing. And she's just admitted it. Had she been educated a bit better on it and been kind of told about it growing up, she well, you know, may well have done a different career. And she, yeah, you know, might, might not have been a technology recruiter that she is now. And she's good at her job. But this is what we're talking about. When specifically when we're talking about kind of young females and not kind of getting them at that young age where they're able to understand, be educated. And then we complain about it, you know, when we look at metrics and females in their 20s and 30s and 40s and 50s, and we, and we say, oh, well, where's the female talent? Well, there you go. There's a live living example, you know. Well, I, think, I, I think the point that he makes about being able to explain the job down a pub is a really good one because for a lot of teachers, there's a lot of teachers out there who've probably got no experience of technology careers and careers uh, and, and, and the industry and it's a lot easier to describe more generic general kind of career paths that we're all traditionally used to rather than some of the careers that have popped up in the last five years in technology that do have some quite complex and um oblique uh language um and 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 could do with some deciphering so that people go oh okay that that's what that is is it yeah 100 percent agree with that um, Definitely. I think that you use right there, Akish. I think that awareness at a young age, being told about these things is the core of diversity. And I feel like that will definitely have a domino effect because it is becoming so much more, um, because people are way more aware of it. And I feel like th- this will start to be, be- it will start to be better. There'll be a lot more females in tech, a lot more diversity around technology and everything like that. Also, I think like tech as well now, it's just like a bit more attractive. Go, go back on that point about being you know more attractive it, tech is tech has gotten sexier right and and it has um gotten a lot more kind of cooler to talk about whether you are at the pub but also people like firebrand i mean they're doing a great job i mean there weren't many of those knocking around like companies like that you know i know they've been around for 20 years and maybe i just didn't know about it you know being a, a guy growing up in kind of the home counties but i think you know, it, well, we, no, but they said they've already moved into apprenticeships fairly recently. Recently, right? Yeah, and a few, a few years ago, whatever. But I think, I think, yeah, organisations like that definitely need to get out more, get into our schools, you know, get definitely. into our kind of educational circles, um, because I think there's so much talent knocking around, and 
at the moment you, you give a young guy and this is a live example we um for, for some stuff that that we needed um at my cricket club for example we we gave a young guy he's i think he's about 15 16 we said look you know you're, you're quite good at social media can you start making some content for us so we we bought him a camera he said oh you know i've got my own kind of um technology stuff laptop whatever but the, the content and things that this guy's doing, and he's not he's not even kind of learning. He's you know he's not kind of doing things. And then we asked him, well, what do you want to do? And he he wants to be, you know, some sort of a kind of computer engineer and, and kind of graphic designer that sort of thing. But you know things that these young kids are doing right now, just off the bat and by themselves, um, is phenomenal, right? And and if we mm-hmm. can actually then use them and 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 kind of channel their talent and expertise into you know, specific kind of streams um, and bring them through, that's what's going to make the industry go further and quicker um, and help organisations, I guess, to achieve their goals. Yeah. Yeah. I think that'll do for today. We're um, recording on the day of release because of the bank holiday, so it's going out a little bit later than usual. But, uh, yeah, enjoy the rest of your week. Hayley, Akish, thanks for your time. We'll be back on Friday. <laughs>